listening to Rattle and Pedal, diversion thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. All right, Jeff. So we are going to talk about everybody's favorite topic. So not just leads, because everybody loves leads, but we're going to talk about leads and data, the intersection of the two, which people also love data. So those are like two of people's most favorite topics. So I'm expecting a, a, a really healthy listener base for this episode. I would expect nothing less, buddy. Leads and data. Leads and data. I don't know that those normally go together in professional services marketing. Do they? I thought they always went together, didn't they? But. Well, I, they always should go together. We talked about that on the last episode about, you know, learning, right? The whole point of capturing these leads in the upstream and downstream flow of them are so important to learning. So this episode's going to talk about what we're learning. I think that's just often overlooked. It's like, is it a lead or is it not a lead? Okay, let's go. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, as you know, a lot of what I do in like the marketing of Rattleback or the stories that we write about or the things that I think about are just curiosity driven. So a lot of times I'll say, I wonder what's going on with that. And I'll try to pull some data to figure it out. And it also comes down to one of the things I also think about a lot, as you, you've heard me say in this podcast, is there's times I wonder, I, I, my, I have a gut about something. Like It feels like the market is up or the market is down. I say the market, not the street, not stock market, but I mean like the, the market for professional services firms. I feel like there's more activity or less activity. And so a lot of times I'll, I'll try to get data to confirm that hypothesis just to get a sense of, was well, what I'm feeling, what other th- companies are seeing or other firms are seeing? Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm oftentimes looking to extrapolate beyond that small sample size I have of me and my clients. So I'm going to talk, talk about a couple of different sets of data that I've developed over the last nine months to kind of get a handle on what's going on around lead gen pipelines and overall sort of marketing and business development inside of consulting firms in particular. So the first thing I'm going to pull from, and we'll, and we'll drop this in the show notes, and in and, and full disclosure, I haven't even shared any of this data with you, so you're kind of being forced to react on the spot. But around last summer, I started thinking to myself, I wonder how much the pandemic has affected lead gen inside of our client base. So in the second quarter, it was actually looking back, it was June of 20 when I ran about a three-month cycle of data from March 23rd through June 7th. So right around the time that the pandemic really accelerated and everybody was in sort of panic mode, economies were shutting down, everything was kind of just closing itself down with a comparison of really the first quarter right before all that went down, just to get a sense of what was going on with client behavior. So I mean, our clients' clients. So I looked at all the analytics data across the 25, 30 current client, past client sites that we have access to, to get a sense of what was going on. And I'm not going to go through all of it. There's an article on the site about this. If you want to go back in time to read it, I think it's pretty interesting. But I'll just highlight a couple of things that I thought were pretty fascinating at the time. The first thing was that in that window, in that second quarter window, when the economy was was definitely kind of on life support, right? On the whole, we saw web traffic suppressed. So there was less traffic to firm websites in that window prior to than, than in the prior quarter. And the way I, that, then what I looked at, as I looked at conversion data, because I wanted to understand, as we talked about in our lead gen model, early stage versus late stage conversions. So sort of marketing qualified leads, if you will, people that are engaging with thought leadership that a firm might be publishing and sales ready leads, people that are 
asking for help, asking to start a conversation. And that was actually really interesting. So historically across that data set, websites convert about 3.3% of traffic across our whole data set that we have. So of every 100 visitors that touch any one of our collective clients, firms, websites, about on average, just over three of them are going to take some desired conversion action. The early stage stuff held up, right? So people didn't really change that behavior. That, that, that number stayed pretty much the same. So you know, people were coming to sites, they were still subscribing to newsletters, interacting with webinars, interacting with you know, ebooks, whatever content firms are using to try to build relationships early in the sales cycle all held up. But the late stage behavior cut in half. You know, so as you would expect, kind of in that second quarter when the economy was in total chaos, there was less sort of inbound sales activity for firms than there had been in the quarter prior. So not earth shattering information, right? I mean, this was kind of what you would expect, but it was interesting nonetheless. You know, in that window when it felt like there was really no commerce happening, there was a lot of early stage commerce happening, right? Like people interacting with thinking and trying to process what was going on and what they wanted to do next. So I'll pause there for a sec because we we'll jump ahead to now and some recent research we've also done and make some comparisons. So what you're saying is people were still researching, converting at the same rate, but they were keeping their powder dry. They weren't moving ahead with particular engagements, having a sales dialogue, and these leads weren't turning into opportunities and, and pipeline. That's what you saw at the end of Q2. Yep. That's exactly okay. what I saw. All right. All right. Keep um, going. And so then, you know, as the year unfolds, I think we all kind of push through for us anyway at Rattleback in the third and fourth quarter is when we started to see a lot more inbound activity again, people wanting to start new conversations about new programs or, you know, it's like, it's like they had internalized everything that was going on. And now they were saying, okay, let's go push this initiative and have a conversation with someone who can help us. And we saw a lot of that happen. And in fact, you've heard me describe it a couple of times, like there were windows when it was, we got so many inquiries so fast that it felt like, I, I describe it to what, this is ridiculous, but like how it must felt at Disney when it's like, there's way more people that want to come than they can possibly put in the building, right? Like they can't get, a, you know, there's just, I mean, Disney sold out in spring break time. I don't know if people know that, but it's like, that's how much demand there was to return to that experience. And obviously that wasn't, I'm not comparing us to that, but it's, but it's that same feeling of like, there was just a lot, you know, suddenly a lot of, of activity really fast. So one of the things I wanted to understand was, again, was this, uh, a microcosm experience, or was this what's going on? So just in the last couple of weeks, I fielded a survey with small to mid-sized consulting firms. So I went for firms, I think less than, I'd have to look at the specific data, less than 500 employees, I think. I try to keep it on the small side to get a sense of an IT services firms, management consulting firms, et cetera. And I just wanted to understand kind of where their lead activity and deal activity was now through the first quarter of, of 2021 relative to where it had been in the six months at the end of 2020. And it's pretty much confirmed what you would expect. So there was, on the whole, most firms have seen lead volume up. So like, I'll just make comparisons. 41% of respondents said that they're, they have more leads now than they did before. And they have, and 27% said they have less, right? So it's more up than down. Same thing on deal value. So like in terms of like, I asked them about the value of the deals that they're working on and 41% are up and 32% are down. So it's, so for the most part, they're getting more leads. They're coming, those leads are coming at higher, you know, higher potential deal sizes. 
And then on the whole, their pipelines are up. So almost 50% of firms said their pipeline is, is larger now than it was in the second half of 2020. You know, like half of that were, were down. So I guess my summary in, in sharing all this is that it seems to me that this is a really healthy time for firms. You know, you, hear, you read about the economy. I think last I heard it was like the economy is growing at like a 6% clip right now, mainly because it was coming out of such a bottom, right? But firms are, are certainly experiencing that same lift. And you know, it seems to me it's a really important time right now, the second quarter of 21, the third quarter of 21, critical time to recapture revenue lost, recapture value lost, start new client relationships, push out new initiatives. So anyway, I'll pause there because again, this is just data. I just find it interesting. It is interesting. I have several questions for you. Yeah. The volume, you said 27% said there was less volume. How many, what percent was, you said it was more? 41% said it was more. Okay. And the pipeline is up. Did you ask any questions about backlog? I did not. I did not think I used that phrase. I just asked about pipeline. So I didn't go into what's closed and, you know. Yeah, because I'd, I'd just be curious to know how much of that, that pipeline revenue actually closed and what kind of work, what volume of work is just sitting there waiting to be done given the demand, you know, in our, our conversation with Mark Rainwright, you know, we talked about the importance of a backlog in the, in the revenue cliff and, and all that. So I was just interested if you had any data on that, but then the up numbers here are compared to the low of Q2. They're actually compared to the second half of 20. So they're actually not even compared to the low. They're compared to a period when things were probably already accelerating. Okay. Um, so how do they compare to pre-pandemic? Yeah. So I didn't ask that, obviously. So I, I don't know. I think one of the things I want to do and I haven't had time to do is to take another look at that web data that I was looking at mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. see how of those things normalize. Because the other thing that I've noticed lately that it's uh, is that, I'll just call this, is what what marketing tactics are working right now to get people into into early stage lead gen, early stage kind of parts of the funnel, right? And I didn't share this, but one of the things that was also interesting in that 2Q data last year was that web traffic was down from search in that window, but way up from social and email. So essentially, people's in that window, people's behaviors were shifting a little bit, or I should say our clients, prospective clients' behaviors were shifting in that they were spending less time looking for stuff and more time reacting to the stuff they were seeing on social media and, and in email. And we also saw, you know, from personal experience that, you know, in that second quarter of last year, webinar attendance was at an all-time high. Every webinar that I ran for Rattleback or on behalf of a partner or whatever, you know, had 2x registrations from what it would normally have had, right? Maybe 3x. My kind of current hypothesis is that, and you see this online, right? It's really hard to get anybody to want to attend a webinar right now because they're just so fatigued from Zoom that they don't really want to sit in anything like that. So even if your content is exceptional, you may not be able to get them there. So I'm going to be, one of the things I want to do is go back to that data set and make that comparison again to see, have we seen changes in in traffic? Now we can't see that level of granularity and just 
basic Google Analytics data. But we can see, you know, search and social and email movements. And I'm curious to see what's played out there. If people kind of, did people rush to LinkedIn for a couple months to spend a bunch of time there because now they're at home and now they've just retreated out of it? My hunch is yes, but I'd like to confirm that with data. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, Principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy, Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. My hypothesis on this would be what we talked about in our, our two prior episodes around leads and in lead management. The fact that the social and the email was up and more engaged, you know, could be a reflection of, you know, the isolation and the absolutely you know, being locked in your house. But but I I would I would think that that stuff is up for particular vendors if yours is up because that is earned. And if it's earned, like somebody has converted on inbound, that there's a level of trust there and an openness to Mm. your brand and your value proposition. So if I'm having to select, you know, what I'm I'm engaging with on social or or email, and I would say email even even more so, is that I trust you. Even though I may never have engaged beyond that into a sales conversation, it's giving, I think it's reinforcing what we've said about the importance of a lead and what is a lead and how do you actually manage it when it is not immediately an opportunity. What what are your thoughts on that? I think you're made a really great point. I love the fact that you talked about trust. And I do agree. I, I, I think that people kind of shifted to sources that they trust at that time. I also read a study at one point that they said that during that second quarter window, there was a, a big growth in people moving to local media platforms. So, so people were kind of returning to local news sources to understand what was going on in their community. And this sort of like having trust again in those local communities. And, and it's one of those things, I actually, I hope for society that that holds up because that's a good thing for people to be engaged in their local community from a media perspective. So I totally agree with you. I think it's funny because one of the things I also said, if you remember when we were in that, I remember I did a webinar a month in that sort of March, May timeframe last year, and it was really intense. We had a lot going on and we were helping clients frame their responses to this stuff as fast as we could. And I, I mean, I remember, I don't think I, I left my little office that I built at home. I don't think I left that thing for like 12 hours a day for like 60 straight days. It was crazy. But I remember saying to people, I said, yeah, I think, I think this is the most important time to market ever because it was like, it was a window in which clients needed guidance really badly and they really weren't sure what to do. And I, and I felt if you as a firm could step forward and give that, be that source of trust, be that source of, of reason, that source of, of clarity that it would come back to you in big ways in you know, the end of the year or into the first part of the following year. I guess I can't substantiate that at all with any data at this point in time, because I, mean, I just gave you a, a broad survey. I have no idea what those, those firms did six months ago in that broad survey, right? 
but my hypothesis is that is that you know the firms that did more probably earned that that trust right that, that trust factor went up when we talked about you know the pandemic and and what firms should be doing on you know podcasts around that time one of the most important pieces of advice i thought that we discussed was this concept of staying in your lane mm-hmm. and really emphasizing or using as the fulcrum, you know, that core capability where you had the highest brand relevance and being able to expand out from that relevance, you know, was the proper strategy, right? You know, accounting firms shouldn't be talking about using hand sanitizer or whatever else, right? You should be talking about how to manage cash flow and that's most relevant or dealing with PPP or, or whatever was was there and to stay in your lane. I, I wonder if, you know, you were to go back and look at that social and email in extreme detail about the subject matter mm-hmm. and how that subject matter related to the relevance and how it performed, you know, vis-a-vis the issue of the day. I'm sure that those that were tightly tied to that firm's relevance are the ones that are going to perform the highest. Well, and I, you know, your concept of brand relevance, I know we really kicked the tires on that hard in that window of time. And I do think, again, it was a window in time when you had people's attention. And when you have people's attention, it gives you a chance to reinforce your brand relevance, to reinforce the types of issues that you know how to solve as a firm. And if you did that, then you should be reaping those rewards right now because we are sitting, you know, virtually almost 12 months from that window of time. So you should be sitting here, sitting here and saying, you know, thank you, 2020, Jeff, for doing the things that you did in 2020 to give me the returns you're giving me right now. And so the question you have to ask yourself right now is what should 2021 Jeff be doing right now so that 2022, 2023 Jeff looks back and says, boy, thank you, Jeff, for doing what you did then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I do think your concept of brand relevance is the, is the absolute right one. Because when you have this window in time, when you can grab people, I shouldn't say grab, when you have people's attention, because they don't know what to do, you have the ability to cut through the noise and tie yourself to, to, to that point of relevance much better than you can in a, in a window when, when people are overwhelmed and super busy, right? Yeah. For me, the data really illustrates the importance of lead management. Because the firms that that have a lead management process that thinks long-term and not short-term are probably the firms that came out on the high end of your research. Instead of, like so many firms do in think of terms, what lead can we get today, right? What can we convert to opportunity today? And I understand the importance of that. But when you overemphasize that and neglect the longer term nurturing and management of those leads, I think the trend in terms of the contribution to the pipeline is going to be a flatter curve than one that manages those leads with a long term perspective and nurtures them. And things that you do, and you, you alluded to them, the social, the email, the inbound stuff, you know, are levers within the mix of marketing that you can pull, right? But they're all relevant. They're all different in terms of 
the messages that go through them. But I think oftentimes, you know, firms treat them as, you know, well, put this mess, the same message on this channel, on that channel, on that channel, even though the context of, of how those messages are being received are, are completely different. I'm going on a tangent now. What I'm saying, what I am saying is this is why lead management is so important and not thinking just short term, I need leads now that are sales ready because it impacts the long term slope of revenue contribution. Yeah. And I, I'm going to take us to wrap, but I really like your thought on that because that short term versus long term thinking. And I'm going to relate it to really at the end of the day, what is your definition of marketing? And for me, I always come back down to marketing is about helping. And so in that window that we talked about, if your objective was to help, I mean, just purely to help, that's a long-term view on what marketing does and what and the role of marketing in the firm. And if that's what you were doing, then you get rewarded for that effort later. If your goal was to, to like you said, to go get a deal and close it, you're probably going to be disappointed. And I'm going to allude to some different data on this and then and then I'll take us to close. So as you know, I've done lots of different studies around thought leadership and best practices in thought leadership and what separates the leaders from the followers in thought leadership. And, and, and I've done this study in a lot of different ways. And I've asked the same question a lot of different times. And it's really, I always ask it tied to a website. And I always say, what is the objective of your website? And hands down every time, the, the firms that get the most, the, the highest quality outcomes from their web presence, meaning they get the most leads, they get the most revenue, they get the most inbound, however you want to frame it, always have the same objective. And it's about helping. It's about educating clients on issues that matter. And the firms that are focused on lead gen always underperform. So when you take the long-term view, you get better results anyway. So it's just, uh, it's, you know, just comes back to staying true to, to, to doing the right things over the long haul, I guess. All right. So we're officially out of time. Hopefully listeners enjoyed that kind of dive into data. I know data is not always the sexiest subject for people. I mean, it's a little backwards looking, but at the same time, I think it's important to understand data so that you can make good decisions going forward. So in our last episode episode on this series, we're going to talk about sort of tips for building a base of high quality leads now. And I'm going to frame it, I guess, the way I framed it a few minutes ago is, you know, what should 2021 Jeff and Jason be doing so that 2022 and 2023 Jeff and Jason is insanely happy with the decisions we made right now? That's next time. That's good because I'm not happy having to work with you. (laughs) No, this is the last episode of Rattle and Pedal. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) All right, man. See you, buddy. See ya. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher.